again. Amen. Amen. Uh, welcome the kids and Idunu. Good to see your face. Kelvin, is, uh, welcome. Welcome back and uh, welcome my darling wife. Thank you. Thank you. I know we saw this morning we are seeing here well, I'm still going to greet you anyways. But amen. <laughs> amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, are we blessed this morning already? Uh, welcome everyone from the, the great feast. Amen. We've been, we've been on, uh, actually we're not on vac- we've, been, we've not been on vacation. We've been on a retreat for the past three weeks. Amen. So we went for convention. Uh, I think it's the last time we met before going for convention. We saw Debbie. Debbie was here. So good to see you again. Amen. Uh, funny enough, I was going to reach out during the week, then for some reason I forgot. I'm like, oh, I was going to say hi to Debbie, but it's all right. Amen. I'm good to see Nosa here. Good to see you. I was saying this morning, Nosa looks like a giant. You know, before, if you know Nosa before, Nosa was, you know, you know, very tall, you know, slim. And then I didn't know that Nosa can be a giant. And then all of a sudden, I just saw, boom, I'm like, what happened? It's not a giant, it's big, huge. Amen. But it's good, good, it fits you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good to see our faces again. It's been a, an awesome time in Ottawa and Edmonton. Edmonton first. Uh, I mean, I'm sure we are so blessed with the convention. Yes, sir. The convention was so much blessing, so much spirit. 
the, the, the intensity of the spirit was so high. And, uh, and I know that it's going to help the word to travel far in our heart and in our soul. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's such a blessing, such a great, great, awesome blessing. Um, and uh, well, welcome back. And then from there, after that, we went to Ottawa for the teaching series, which was another great blessing. It was an awesome blessing. Uh, we thank God for that. The Lord is merciful to us. The Lord has been merciful, has been gracious. Uh, it's, it's good to know that, uh, you know, the things that we are hearing, they are, they are true. It's good to know that, to see that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Uh, we thank God. We thank God. Amen. And uh, it's good to be back in Winnipeg. Amen. It's good to be back in Winnipeg uh, to see our faces again. You know, I, was, I, think, I can't remember who I was talking with during the week. And then it felt like, it felt like I was away for like a month or so. But it was just two weeks. What? It felt like it felt like a long time. It was just two weeks. Well, is it two weeks? Yes, it's two weeks. A week, a week. Yeah, two weeks and a few days. Maybe two weeks and two days. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, amen. <laughs> two weeks and two days. But it felt like a long time. I guess because you know we're just you know hearing the word continuously. It felt. To me, it was as if I was in another world, you know, and there, th- funny enough, things seems a, little, a lot faster there than, than here. I mean, maybe you might laugh at me, but, you know, just, just a sign that <laughs> this world is passing away. It's too slow. Amen. This world is slow, but we think it's fast. It's actually kind of slow, because that's the nature of corruption. Corruption slows things down. But because uh, part of corruption is to make things not firm. And when things are not firm, they're slow. They are slow. Amen. Corruption slows things down. So, uh, I mean, of course, you're like, what's the science? You know, I don't, I don't deal science. You know, I deal spirit. Amen. Science does not really explain most of the things. Uh, I mean, science try to explain one or two things. The one that the Lord helps them to get, they get. Amen. But the truth of the matter is that science is not a proof. God exists. Whether science is there or not, God is always there. And like we hear from our pastor all the time, you see, there's what we call science so falsely called. And so there's real science, and there's science so falsely called. What we see these days is actually science so falsely called. So falsely called. Because they don't have true science anymore. True science does not make assumptions. True science waits for evidence. Gives fact. Now, when you look at what the, the world is all about today, they don't give fact anymore. They just give emotion, emotional uh, assumptions. In short, will I even call it assumptions? They are senseless and baseless, uh, baseless thoughts that they attach emotion to, to make it feel real. You know, most of the time, that's where we, we, we don't, sometimes we can't discern some things because they attach emotion to it. Anything you attach emotion to, it's the reason why it attaches to gain validity in the souls of people, and it may not be true. Right? Somebody can kill somebody now and start feeling emotional. Oh my God, I didn't mean to. Oh Lord, help me. And then people will be like, yeah, the person did actually mean to. What would have happened? Oh, sorry. They just killed somebody. <laughs> Amen. 
no, you, might, you might have a mob coming. We'll kill you. Ah! And then we went to be, oh, oh, my God. I didn't even know. What did I do? I, oh, my God. I didn't, I, I didn't mean to. I just wanted to kill them small, but not much. Just small. <laughs> and then, you know, the old, the old, the old one will just change mind all of a sudden. Amen. But it's not like that. We have to look at what is true, what is real, what is uh, honest. The only place you can find that is in the is in the life of God, in the Word of God. You can't find it. if anybody's looking for sanity around around here. Sorry to say I bust your bubble, but there's no sanity anywhere. The only place where there's sanity is in Scripture, is in the Word. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So, uh, well, welcome once again. And I was going to perhaps also, uh, I mean, you know, with all the convention and meeting, maybe, you know, maybe listen to the messages and have questions, you know. But uh, in, initially, I was like, oh, I don't know, but you know what? Perhaps maybe it's good to also open up for questions, uh, you know, from convention and everything. Do we have any questions before we go forward, you know, from you know, the teachings, any, anything that seems to be questions, and then we'll go from there. Amen. And I'm, I'm glad that uh, the mics are then and it's distributed. So, any question? Even if there's no question, I'm still going to go around it anyways. But any question? No question? Yeah. No question. Okay. So, that means, that means that we need to listen to the messages again so that we'll know exactly. Amen. Or I don't think we need to listen to it again. Need to, because to be honest, me I was even though I was afraid of asking, answering questions, but me I know there should be questions. <laughs> there should be plenty, plenty questions. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I'm going to try and um, go around. Uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to. I'm going to go around uh, some of the key things during convention, although my main focus would not be there, right? But I, I just felt in my heart to move from there and then start talking concerning the person of the Spirit of God. Um, and uh, the reason why is because just from, um, I mean, again, we're in a season of teaching series and we're in the works of uh-huh, planning another teaching series, which is going to be a Friday, well, we're still planning Friday, Saturday, uh, most likely Sunday evening, but just Friday, Saturday anyways, but we'll make it, uh, we'll get the details, we're still, still in the works, but just looking at last year, the teaching series, part of where the, the teaching series ended was more around the person of the spirit, but of course, because we're talking about the life of God, Right? And then we started talking about the ministration of the Spirit, which is for to give life, right? Because what, what, how life comes, right, is by the Spirit. So God gives life, and how he gives it is by the breath of God. So the breath of God needs to come, right, to give life to people. Amen. So it's from breath, right? And, and, and how is that breath, right? What's the manner of the breath? How does it come? It's actually by the Spirit, Right, so, and we know that the spirit is key to everything that God is doing. Amen. 
So that's partly where I'm coming from. But also, just looking at what heaven is teaching, right, in this season, one of the things that is essential, or one of the things that is, uh, no, 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 not one of the things, one of the major, or, or the, the major teaching, not just teaching, the major, the major theme of the convention is ways. That's one of the that what was taught during convention is ways, right? Now, to understand that, one thing is certain. We need to understand what way is, right? And we know that way is spirit. That's what is defined as. So way is spirit. And if way is spirit, then we need to really, really know this person of the spirit. Amen. Because ways, which is spirit, can't come except by the spirit. It's impossible to get that, right? Except by the spirit. And then I began to see just right from the beginning of our journey as a child of God that, funny enough, what has been in the mind of God right from the beginning is to give ways to men. Amen? Is to give ways to men, which is also to give spirit to men. Amen? So, now that brings me back to what I was saying earlier concerning the spirit. Amen. So, we need to know this person of the spirit. If you check it, the entrance <coughs> excuse me, into the things of God has always been the spirit. Nobody, nobody believes that God exists without the spirit or say that Jesus is Lord except by the spirit. <coughs> Amen. Right? You know, that is not a, an assumption, right? That scripture, nobody says that Jesus is the Lord except by the Spirit. And where is, I think that is from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let me open it up a bit. Uh, I, 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 so I'm, <clears throat> I'm going to try as much as possible not to, to derail. So the person of the spirit, so first Corinthians chapter first Corinthians chapter twelve. Thirteen is talking more about charity. <clears throat> Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm just trusting God <clears throat> for mercy this morning. Okay, so now concerning, okay, that's that. Uh, mm. Oh, somebody can help me look for that passage. I think it's in 12, but I can't find it. Uh, <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Okay. Chapter 12, verse 3. So, it says, Wherefore, so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, let me read from verse 1 actually. So now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I will not have you ignorant. 
ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. You see, nobody speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. So it is clear here that everybody, as, as long as all of us here are saying that Jesus is the Lord, that statement didn't just come out of sheer will, sheer strength, or illogical assumption that Jesus is Lord, or even if we are born into a Christian family, right, because we were raised as Christian, it's not just because of that. That's why we're calling Jesus is the Lord. We might have been raised, no. But what, when we were raised, what we were raised into, right, is to know that Jesus is the Lord. And what installed that is the Holy Ghost. So it's the Holy Ghost that have, that put that installation, perhaps through our parents. I mean, some of us just came to know Jesus. Some, some people don't, didn't, were not born in the, in, in the Christian family. They were born as unbelievers. And then somehow along the way, they got born again where they say Jesus is Lord, which is also the, an operation of the Holy Ghost. You know, you know, for some of, some of, most, most of the time, right, when we think about nobody say Jesus is Lord, you, you think about people just, they preach, hey, the Lord is good. Believe Jesus. Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Accept him. And then, yes, so we only think, oh, that's just the operation of the Holy Ghost to get people converted. Yes, it is the Holy Ghost, true, but also for believers. Or oh, how did we say Jesus is Lord? Did we just wake up and just say, Jesus is Lord? No, it was not just, we were not born with it. Yeah. Right? How we got to come there is that somehow Holy Ghost arranged it such that our parents are able to deliver that into the soul, but also for it to register and stay is actually the operation of the Holy Ghost. If you remove Holy Spirit out of that operation, nobody inside of them can say that Jesus is Lord. Because Jesus is Lord is what many atheists are fighting to, to define. You know, who's Jesus? So it means that there's actually no, you can't be, you can't be coerced into saying Jesus is Lord. You can't be deceived into saying Jesus is Lord. You can't be, uh, what's it? You can't be, I talk about coercing, deceived. You can't be forced. That's the coercing. You can't be forced to say that Jesus is Lord. For a soul to say Jesus is Lord is actually an installation of the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. It is by the Holy Ghost. Which means that anybody that would deny that Jesus is the Lord is denying Holy Ghost. For, his, for somebody, even anybody that has initially before said that Jesus is the Lord and then decided to one day say, Jesus is not Lord. Check it. If you, if, if you really look at it well, say, brother, sister, sorry, what are you saying? Okay, we know what you are saying, but let's move, let's zoom. You know all those uh, applications that usually zoom into things. Okay, let's zoom into the soul. I'll see what the heart is really saying. We see that when we look at it and look at what the heart is doing, somewhere in there, it has shifted Holy Ghost to a side. The conviction of the Holy Ghost, he moved it to the side and then said, 
Jesus is not Lord Jerry. I don't think about all these things. I don't believe about all these things. No. For you to really, really deny that Jesus is Lord, you have to ignore someone. It's the installation of the spirit inside that makes it clear, that makes it tangible that Jesus is Lord. It doesn't matter whether he's answering all your prayers or not. You just know Jesus is Lord. It doesn't matter what is going on, whether you decide to backslide or not. You just know Jesus is Lord. Even when we want to decide that Jesus is Lord, we know what we are fighting. Just, you just have to tell Holy Ghost, just stay your side. Look at them side. Jesus, see, I'm tired of all these things. Just take your, take your, take your, take your load and go. I don't want you anymore. I don't even know what I'm doing. As please, no. You know, there's something you're denying. And so we have to deny the Holy Ghost to say Jesus is not Lord anymore. But to even come to the point where we say it, it is the, by the Holy Ghost. It is the Holy Ghost that ensures that believers come into the realization that Jesus is Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. So when we get born again, or when we just... When we, when we realize that we are in the path, it is the operation of the Spirit. It is the Holy Ghost that makes it substantial in our heart that Jesus is Lord. That the Lord you are serving is not fake. The Lord that you are serving is not, is not uh, or the person that is your Lord is not, it's not a gimmick, is not if you check it, how many of us? You know, it's, it's one of the it's one of the most it's one of the most wondrous things that God is doing, or that God did in the sense that for somebody to just forget what they see in the natural, just believe in what they can't see. If you remove Holy Spirit, forget it. It means that without Holy Spirit, forget faith. It means that the spirit of faith is also Holy Ghost. There's a measure of faith in the Holy Ghost. So there's a whole lot that Holy Ghost does. There's a whole lot that Holy Ghost is doing. There's a whole lot that the Spirit of God is doing in the life of a believer. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I moved. Okay, I, I don't want to forget my thoughts, Sha. Okay. So we can see clearly here that nothing simple. No, no. There's no. There's nothing simple about the fact that we are able to say that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. It's not, it's not, it's not something trivial. It's not something, uh, what's the word? It's not something, it's not something far-fetched. It's not something uh, elusive. It's not something... What's that discardable? What's English for? You know, it's not. You can just quickly trade away. What's the English word for that? It's tri- okay, I used trivia earlier. Okay. It's not something. What's that? Ah, why is this English running away from my head? Why is English hard? Eh? I wish if all of us understand Yoruba now, I'll just switch it to Yoruba quick, quick, and then just what? And then. Well, maybe somebody knows French now. Just, but, okay, the summary is just not something trivial. It's not something, um, is it negligible? Yeah, it's not something that you can quickly just 
neglect. It's not something, it's actually a serious work power that has happened inside the soul for a soul to say that I am a believer. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. If you, you know, it might seem nothing serious on the outside, but if you look into the DNA, the makeup, the arrangement of the soul, you now realize that there's a whole lot of, you know, you know when you are having high tension power, they, they supply it into, you know, you know, transformers. They get, ah, they can take a lot of power and step it down to something usable that people would think, the soul is like that. The soul can, when his soul receives so much power, it can look like nothing because inside it has the, the technology for stepping down and stepping up, right, of the power that is ongoing inside. So when a soul gets born again, it looks like nothing has happened. But inside of that soul, there's a huge power that was released to get a soul to say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus. When I say Jesus, I mean he's, he's turning, he's, he's accepting a way. That's just a summary. The moment somebody says Jesus is Lord, what they are accepting is a way. And what do I mean by a way? Is, is, when you talk about ways, you're talking about, uh, I know, funny enough, way is way, right? Some of these things, it seems like, oh, way. Ah, what does that mean? It's way. If we go from what way means naturally, you can trans, you can super, is it trans, no, not trans, you can take that and superimpose that on a spiritual knowledge. So what is a way? A way is a path people go. Right? When you think of a way, what do you think of? You think of path. Think of how to get somewhere, right? <laughs> so, when you hear way, you are thinking of how to arrive somewhere. And in a, and in a way, way is also lying. So that's what, now I'm trying to just break down some of the things that were said. So when we hear, you know, I'm going to go there a little bit, but it's just good to just talk a little bit about these things. Amen. So when we get born again, what we really accept is a way. Funny enough, I just realized, it just, just dawned on me that even when we receive the earnest of the spirit, we are not actually taking precept. What is precept? Precept is what leads to something. Right? Precept here, precept. Okay, what's the precept of this? Is Precept is, to be honest, I'm seeing precept as a way too, but it's not a way. But precept is is on, is how to, is what must come first before the real thing come. Or precept is what what is to come relies on. Right. Now, if you must if you must be a lawyer, an engineer, a doctor, an accountant, there are precepts you must follow. Right. Meaning that before you become all those things, the precept of that is you have to learn terminologies. You have to learn the basic. You need the knowledge of the profession. Right? 
So the principle of, okay, I do this first before I do that. Then I do this. They are all worlds of knowledge. Okay, I take this course before I take that course. Then inside this course, that's what they give me. Then inside this course, that's what they give me as knowledge. Then you now realize that the way the educational system is arranged is in precept. Why? Because the way they arrange, they have years in school. First year, second year, third year, final year. They are all precepts. To lead to the real thing, right? So you have first year, second year, third year. In the first year, there's what you will learn, which is a little bit of what must come first before the next one come. Because second year relies on first year. So the, the second year knowledge relies that you already have the precept for it. And that, the precept for it is your first year. Whereby, you know, for example, for us now in engineering, what we learned first is we learned uh, math, math one, and that's calculus. And then from that, we also learned like physics to learn forces, right? And how force relates, how transfer of forces and how they relate with other things, right? Then we learned, uh, so that's, then we learned uh, thermodynamics, which is the basics or the precept for heat transfer. Pretty much, thermodynamics is how heat move around, how systems, pretty much talking about systems, how can you have a system with different different components work together? Then you are, we have the concept of what a system is. They are all precept. Amen. Amen. They are all precept. I don't know why I feel like I'm. No, before that I've changed. Before I was saying no, no, no. This one, let me leave it to the end. But no, it's how the as the God leaders will go we'll move like that. Amen. But one thing I'm saying clearly is that precept, right, is what comes first before the real thing land. So the profession, the profession, like engineer, doctor, lawyers, accountant, everything, those professions, they have their precept. You now realize that when you are actually doing the profession, you don't use the precept. So you don't, I mean, you use it, but those precepts, they, have, they, they will turn into something else in you when you, have the, when you are not working. So what you call experience, right, is actually not precept. Experience is something else. Experience is the use of precept. So when you are, maybe you are in the field, maybe a fresh graduate, I don't have much experience. I mean, because all that that soul has is just precept or knowledge. So that's what I'm defining. So, now, sorry, ah, I think I don't think I've explained. Sorry, sometimes I jump like that. But when I say precept, now I'm explaining precept and lines and ways. But I've not moved it to let us know that precept is actually knowledge. So all the things that we are learning in our first year, second year, third year, fourth year, before we actually graduate, they are all different kind of knowledges. So the first year knowledge, which must be there before the second year knowledge is there. So it is precept here, precept there. Now, and scripture tells us that. I don't know why I landed here, but it's short. Let's just go to Isaiah 28. Now, I wanted to say, so I wanted to, let's go to Isaiah 28, and then we'll go from there. So I wanted to say, right, that when we get born again, 
what we are actually being introduced to is actually a way. Amen. Okay, I'm referring, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it a little bit. So what we are actually introduced to, the moment either, it's all get, you know when we say get born again, there are different ways you can check, say born again. Most of us that grow up in a Christian home, we don't think being born again, you know, our imagination of born again is that somebody preached to me and then some of us, nobody had to preach. For me, I was raised in a Christian home. I was probably born again since I was young, but I, I didn't consider it born again. But me, I, I shall know there was a time in, when I was young that the call for altar call, I went out and said, I give my life to Jesus. That was a long time ago, Right? But even after that, I still decided, oh, eh, I gave my life. I tried. That, it meant nothing. I was doing my thing. I did not care about anything about Jesus. I just went to school, to my thing, you know. That was it. But that was still a way for me to be born again. I, I was still born again, right? And for some of us, it, it didn't even come as going to an altar call. It's just See, all the things, for, for most of us that grew up in a Christian home, you see that there's a lot of things that they've laid down in our path. They train up a child in the way it should go. So you now realize that even Christians, or sorry, parents, they have a great work. Parents are not to give their children precept. It's way. So train up a child in the way it should go. When it grows, it, should not, it will not depart from it. So when we get born again, so when we were being raised in a Christian home, what we are being given is a way. We may not even know what it is yet. Then, our moment of born, being born again is not necessarily the moment of water call. It can happen. But one thing must happen for a soul to be born again, again, is that there's a realization. That thing I was talking about in Second Corinthians chapter 12, where all of a sudden, there's just an awareness, Jesus is my Lord. Holy Ghost has done something. Apart from the fact that I got born again like a long time ago, I had that moment myself when I came to Canada. I've been living however I want. I've been living what, the way I wanted to. I didn't care. But I go here, all of a sudden, Holy Ghost began to awaken things inside of me. It, Holy Ghost began to touch my spirit. Like, guy, what are you doing? There's more... All of a sudden, I just get this sense that there's, there's more about life than just what you're... Well, there was no sudden vision. And then I began to see heaven and all the kind of things. No. It was just activities of the Holy Ghost within my heart, conversations I was having within myself. I didn't even voice it out. It was just a realization. All of a sudden, I just... I just the movement of spirit within. All of a sudden, there's more to life than just making it. There's more to life than just going to school and getting a big job and all that. Then I began to look. Then, what is it about man? That's what led me to a season of seeking. When I say seeking, it's not that I just locked myself in the room. I mean, you can do that if you have grace. I didn't just lock myself in the room. I said, funny enough, there was actually a season whereby I actually, I didn't lock myself, but it felt like I locked myself. Why? Because all my friends then, they were all complaining that I was not talking to them. All I was doing was just, I was just thinking about my life, that's all. But I was not thinking about my life, but, you know, I was just, <laughs> I was just, I was just thinking about 
I was thinking more about the spirit. What? Okay, there's a place I want to launch into. It's not here. It's in this. How do I arrive there? And funny enough, I didn't know how. I, all I just know is my sincere prayer. That time, so when I'm reading my Bible, my Bible does not make sense to me. That's the funny thing. Those seasons, I read my Bible. See, this is as I was about to read. When I read it then, I was like, what are they saying? There's one particular passage I liked that time. And I liked it because I was trying, you know, you know, there's a sense, maybe because I've seen my friends, when they read the Bible, it makes sense to them. It has meaning. But when me, I'm reading it, there's no meaning. So me, I want to quickly, I want to have something to preach. So I'll read my Bible, then there's Isaiah chapter 5. I will say to my well-beloved, my well-beloved had a wine press. Ah. When I was reading, I'm like, well, well beloved, what's all this thing? So be, I, with, in, with my own camera head, I started to interpret this. Okay, the one, okay, is the Lord. And it's true. The one, the, the one that wants the one is the God. Okay, I will throw it down. I didn't know, why will you go and throw down the one? Like, ah, what's going on? Lord, ah. I couldn't relate it with any activity in the natural. Especially growing up as a child of God, I'm like, Okay, why will you throw down? Is it because okay, guys sing. Okay, people sing. No, like all kinds of thought, but it was not an inspired understanding. Why? Because I didn't truly have precept. For souls to understand the Bible, precept must be there. Actually, understanding the Bible is the world of precept, is the world of the Holy Ghost. Now, like I said earlier, way, right, is the Holy Ghost. Right? But precept. Or let me say way is spirit. Which Holy Ghost can give. Right? But also precept is the world of the Holy Ghost. Where the Holy Ghost can. So it's so funny that it's actually the world of ways. Because Holy Ghost is a way. Spirit is a way. The only, when you say is a way, it means is 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 only God is how to arrive somewhere. Is that making sense? Holy Spirit is how to arrive somewhere. So when we get born again, it's not a trivial thing. The Holy Spirit is 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 the the Holy Spirit is the is the uh, is the driver of things. Spiritual. Without him, forget anything else. In short, without the Holy Spirit, forget your Christian work. Yes. Christian work is not sense. Christian work is not, uh, I plan this, I arrange this. I mean, that doesn't mean that you won't plan. No. You know, most people, now, once you say this, now, most people are like, what do you mean? You know, we can plan all the life. Just, you know, you mean I just go and not do anything? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. Right? In the planning, there's how, there's how to, there's the how. Well, let me put it there. In the planning, there's the way. That's where the issue usually is. When most people are thinking, they want to make decisions about their life, right? They'll forget only goals, they'll try to use head. Just forgetting, there's, it's almost certain where you are going to land with the decision. The only, the only thing that will be different is are you willing to shift the way you think to another way, to arrive at another judgment, right? Apart from that, what will be going on in the heart is just, ha, should I do this? Should I not? Should I do this? No, no, no. We already know what you want to do. 
The other should you not. It's just coming from a place of maybe the mercy of God. Just coming to you like, don't go that way. Right? If they remove that mercy away and they just leave us to do our thing. Funny, do you think it's hard to make decisions? That's when you know that ideas, ideas are not far-fetched from souls, man. You think it's a great... All those men that make maybe one billion dollars for one idea that they publicize that everybody like, ah, when will I have my own idea? Calm down. Idea is everywhere. It's just spirit that knows how to... You know that thing used to torment me, eh? Long time ago. That, that then I didn't know much about God, too. When I said torment, I'm like, I will see souls that are journeying and they look rich with money in the natural. And then you hear teachers about motivation and, and then things like you can make it. You can do it too. Pray for God to give you the idea that will launch you into your destiny. Everybody's looking for an idea. That's, we're looking for an idea that will launch us into our destiny. And what's that destiny? It's money. Check it. The destiny. No, and Satan can even paint that destiny so sweet like, no, you just have a lot of money. You'll be able to help the poor. You know, you give. I know this is not most of our problem. I'm just, you know, just gisting. No, you'll be able to give to the poor, you know. No, they say, wait, Lord, the, sorry, the, Satan can arrange the vision for you. And then, okay. And funny thing is that that vision may not even be that clear. Because it will just be a, a faint, it's like a, it's like a vision you see in the twinkle of an eye, in a moment. You don't even have time to think about it. It's just, the picture is just in the heart. And you won't know that that's what you are, what you are just walking towards all your life. The soul may not know that, that. There's a vision I'm looking at. What's that vision? There's something I want to become. There's a way I want to live my life. There's some kind of comfort I want. All those things, a soul may never actually sit down to think about that. Satan knows that if you actually sit down to think about it, it's actually slow down the work. Why? Because Satan tried in use not thinking too much about things. Just have it faintly. Have a faint idea of it in your mind. Don't even look at it. Don't even sit down. Don't even look upon. Just begin to go with it. Now realize that that's where Satan's seat is in the mind of men. Where just think, just think about one thing. You've not thought about this side, that side, this side, that side. All of a sudden, just okay. Let's let's run with it. Uh, calm down now. Where are we going to? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What's even the idea? Okay, that's the idea. Okay, wait. What this idea? What's even about? What's it? Then you now realize sometimes souls can be living a lie for years without knowing. Why? Because there is there is no there is no right way of assessing things. Amen. So let me start by moving into this. No, let me just worry. Ah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I don't think I'm yet at this 28 degree, but it's there because I was talking about prison and I moved again. Sorry, I'm moving up and down. I just felt I should talk about this Holy Spirit area a bit. Amen. Um, the thing about the life of Christians is that see, Christians, there's more to being a Christian than just using the Christian life to achieve things in the natural. Right. And Christianity is not religion. No, it's not religion, right? Most of the time, what we know is religion. 
go to church every Sunday. I mean, go to church every Sunday. But, you know, it's just an idea. Go to church every Sunday. As long as you go to church every Sunday and then you pray. I mean, say your prayer every morning. Read your Bible. Uh, then go do everything else. Right? So it's, not, it's not more like fulfilling righteousness. As long as I go to church, I read my Bible, I'm okay. Not, in a way, we feel I'm okay. Then, let me go about every of my day. And when we are going about every of our day, every of our life, the sense we used is the real thing that heaven wants to touch. Why? Because after you've got to church every Sunday finish, you've prayed every morning, you read your Bible. That's just on that side. Then, the mind in itself that is actually doing things every day, like going to school, going to work, right? What else do we do? I think that's just a major two phases of life, eh? Okay, the other part is going to school, going to work, then having husband and wife, that's it. Is there anything else? Okay, so if I separate it, take care of husband, take care of wife, go to school, go to work. If you look at the life of men, is it, is it, diff- is it separated from any of those? What else, what else do we do? I don't think there's anything else, right? Everything is actually pretty much defined. Now the question is, when you look at the way men live, who defining that that's just the only thing our life should be about? So you now realize that people's soul's fulfillment is always around, do I have a job that is paying well? Hmm, that's important. Because if I have a job, job maybe. <laughs> and if it's not paying well too, our parents will be wondering, okay, do you need to go to school again? Okay, what did you study? Okay, uh, if that one is not working, okay, go and study another one. What's the main thing? The main thing is that money. Mm-hmm. So anyways, let's just summarize it. If you have a good job that pays well, then two. After that, what's next? Uh, are you married? I always start, start looking for husband and wife. Then if that one is settled, okay, I didn't add children, okay. And after you married, then give birth. Where are your children? Okay, so, get a job. Go to school, because school comes first, I mean. You have to go to school before we get a job. I mean, you can still be working, but all the work we are doing is not yet the job. It's just jobs, right? So, the goal is the job. <laughs> so, while we are going for the job, there are jobs. And we don't even care too much about those jobs, because, I mean, we know <laughs> that's not the real goal. You can just come on the side and go, okay. So, we are even willing to suffer a little for some of those things. Just a little here, a little there, until we get the job. So before the job is the, is the school. Now things are shifting. People don't want to go to school anymore. Um, school, then job, then husband and wife and kids, and then what else? That's it now. That's it. And I see that the goals of men is, and how they use God is tied to all those things. Okay, first in my school, how is God going to help me here? After that one is done, ah, now I'm graduated. Lord, how are you going to help me get a job? The other one is done. Look, okay, Lord, now how are you going to give me a husband? How are you going to give me a wife? Okay, all settled. Then, if child don't come early, ah, God, when are you going to give me? Finish. Apart from that, what else do people serve God for? So now the question is, 
What's really the reason? See, this is why souls are getting tired. Because in a way, things are getting worse and it's getting clearer and clearer. Even people, people don't even want to marry again. It's getting clearer and clearer that, wait, is, is Christianity just all about getting and getting and... Most souls are tired of... Why? Because even kids these days don't want to get anymore. I mean, how many people want to get now? Young people these days, as we are growing up, we don't want to get anymore. Although we still want to get somehow, Sha. But, but if you look at the core, the, the getting is not, it's not killing us like it killed our parent. If I don't have, I don't have, no, maybe I'll squat with my friend, and if I can't squat with my friend, we'll figure it out. Abi, call it hustling. Any idea I will go make them. Right? But I mean, there's the side of those that still wants to get, there's still the side of those, but most, mostly, most people don't want to get anymore. But there's just something about the Christian faith and the Christian work. It is that there's actually a destiny. Becoming a child of God or a Christian is actually a way to something. When we say, Jesus, you are my Lord and Xavier, what we are accepting, like I said earlier, is a way. Is a way. And is a way. Now realize that the moment you get born again, right? Or the moment we come to a realization, like I was saying, in my heart, right? Like I was saying that in my heart, I just had a realization. No, there's more about God than it seems or that I know. That life is not just simple. It's not, there is more to God. Then something inside of me will just now begin to seek for that. And the honest truth is that I don't even know how to seek. Because then, what is my strength as a Christian? I can tell you that I, now, well, it's supposed to be like that. But well, the summary is that then, if I tell you how I pray. <laughs> I'm sure most of you are prayer warriors more than me as at that time. Then, you know how I pray. I just, I just wake up, Father Lord, thank you, give you all the praise. Some, even with sleepy eye, because on the bed, you know when I was on the bed, you just lie down and then, Father Lord God, thank you, and give me the praise. And then, Father Lord, thank you. <laughs> you know, that's, that's how we do it. Father Lord, Father Jesus. And then, with, with sleepy eye, wake up, yawn. And then, ah! My mom does say I should read my Bible every day. Okay, okay, let's do it. So, I carry Bible. As I'm reading it, this thing I'm not understanding, but let's just do it. That's how I was. So even when I started seeking God, right? I still didn't, I won't say I still have strength in praying or but as I began to have more, as I began to desire more, I realized that there's one thing the Lord was doing to me. The Lord was adding people to me that's helping me in my journey. As Lord was helping people to me, then I later I started learning, okay, how should I pray? Okay, when people are, I still didn't know how to pray for the longest time. But when I was around people, I, okay, maybe the Lord will arrange in such a way that all of us will be praying all night. Right? You, you hear all night prayer, you think, ah, and it's not VG. Yes, so it's not VG. You know those times, and the way the Lord arranged it is such that I can't even say, I can't do it. There was so much grace and strength, such that what did I actually say, let's go and do VG? You'll be wondering, ah. Should we go and do an VG? <laughs> Should I be going for this VG, this VG thing? Ah! 
Lord, she will strengthen your sons and daughters to just do this with you. So, with much restriction, I still carry myself and then journey small and then go do the video. Funny enough, she learn in the video. And what kind of energy will just learn? Especially when you see your friends. And then, you know, in those videos, there's some session, you know, they, they know how to help us. In some of the sessions, after prayer for a while, then they will set a season for dancing and worship. They call it high praise. Then we do high praise. After high praise, you would have danced. Bah, bah, bah. Yay, energy. It means you are awake. Ah, they are wise. Now I know that they are wise. Then how will you not be awake? No, no, when prayer is going on, Father Lord Jesus, hey, oh Lord, oh Lord. You know the temple is going down. I never that time. Okay, it's time for high praise then. And the funny thing is that we don't used to do two minute high praise. It's one hour or 30 minutes. They would do praise. Now, if you do worship during that kind of I don't think they do worship. If you do worship during that kind of time, people will sleep. Oh. <laughs> you know, right? Because worship is slow. Like, oh, Lord. People are already dozing already. Oh, Lord. Oh, they now add the oil for sleeping. Join. Oh, Lord. I mean, when I say oil, it's if you are kinda really, because. It's a spiritual environment. We should be awake, but I mean, I mean, we know what we know what this body does. <laughs> so in that in that moment, we just want to sleep. Ah, so we don't do worship. We do high praise. So they not do high praise. Finish. No, that my is now exactly funny enough. It's now it's making sense to me. Then I didn't even think about it too much. Now it makes sense. If you're going to do an IBG, please make sure the worship is in the beginning and at the end. <laughs> then in the middle, if you do worship. If they sleep, glory to Jesus. All I know is we dance. After dancing, energy has returned. They will fire on prayer again. And the thing about that is, even in those little, little moments, the truth of the matter is that I could have danced, shouted, but I have not danced to Jesus. My, my energy was awoken, I prayed later, but, but I have not danced to Jesus because what the Lord really accepts in worship is the heart. And it's sometimes, when you look at it, when people are dancing, hey, hey, Father, Lord, hey, hey, Jesus, you are good. Oh, every time. It's, it's possible you are sincerely happy in your heart, offering incense to Jesus. There are some times, it has nothing to do with that. It's just excitement. I can remember moments like that, whereby, when, when I really check it, there's no real spiritual, deep connection. It's just, the ah, uh, the choir tried to do, why? They sang songs that after you heard it, they do. Uh-huh. You know, you've danced. In a way, it may, not be the, it may not have been the best, but the Lord also still counts that in a way. Because my heart was sincerely seeking the Lord. So even though it may seem, because now people will say that let's not dance in church again, please dance in church. Make sure you are dancing. The issue is not the people singing, the issue is the heart that is done. So the heart should just know that, see, it's not just all about fun facts or fun, let's have fun. Fun is great, but fun without spirit is useless. It's useless. So the heart must be, must be geared towards, or must be positioned towards the spirit. See, and when you say be positioned towards the spirit, all the time we think is one spooky, you know, when you say your heart should be talked towards the spirit, that's when you What's happening? I'm concentrating on the spirit. Calm down now. Why are your face hard? Even the Holy Ghost, they smile. Have you ever seen the move of the spirit whereby 
is laughter. There are moves of the spirit where Holy Ghost is laughing. And it means something in the spirit. Even look at most of Kenneth Hagin's ministration towards the end of his ministry. You will see laughter in the spirit. And the laughter is actually a, is, is a message. It's spirit. Waiting. Laugh. So Holy Ghost, if Holy Ghost they laugh, then why will you just carry face and be... Oh, wait, what am I talking about laughing? Honestly, I do not know. <laughs> wait, wait. Uh, it's true. Oh, wait. Ah, okay. Holy Ghost laughs. So Holy Ghost will just laugh. It's laughter in the spirit. So being spiritual is not... Why? I'm concentrating on the Holy Ghost. You know, some of us will have a picture of how to be serious in the Holy Ghost and... And else, maybe, maybe they say you should be serious in the Holy Ghost at that time. Bless you. Bless you. Ah, brother Jude, bless you. Calm down. Holy Ghost, they laugh. <laughs> they smile. Fully enough, if you want to, the best description, maybe, I mean, I may be, well, the best description we adults can have concerning who the Holy Ghost is, is look at that child there. See the way that child is. That's the way the Holy Ghost is. Right? No worries, nothing. Randomly, shout. You see? That's Holy Ghost. Right there. That's the behavior. Holy Ghost is not always. And I want to move now. Okay. I'm going to come heavily on that guy. And then when I come heavily on that guy, it's going to fall under the anointing. Then, okay, let me get myself ready to land on him. Mm. <laughs> 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 Only because it's not spooky. Only because it's not like that. The truth of the matter is, see all those kids playing? The way they are, that's the way Holy Ghost is. Those two kids just playing around. See, no worries, nothing. But yet, serious and intentional. Everything they are doing to us is what's that nonsense. But they are actually intentional. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Ah, she's fine, Jesus. It's like, what? Maybe she just tilted backward. Yeah, sorry. Amen. So, that's the way Holy Ghost is. Holy Ghost is playful. So, what am I saying is, it's like, most of us, when we think about Christianity, we should not overly over, you know, most of us, what is caring souls? Most of the time, when they say, be a good child of God, the first time, start thinking about, oh, so now I have to start praying. Ah, then I have to be serious. Ah, okay, and then, uh, what else? Ah, as a child of God, then, that means, but this one is real, Sha. That means I can't do certain things. Yes, yeah, yeah, you can't do certain things. Yeah. That's a fact. And, we are, and the Holy Ghost is not sorry about that. I mean, I'm not sorry. However, let me dial back to the aspect of, then I have now, you know, there's a picture of Christianity that just comes as if it is labor. You use your own effort. But the funny thing about it is the same way you'll be living your life without him, it's the same way you'll be living it with him. It's just that the way is a bit different. Right? Because when we get born again, the moment, now I'm back, the moment I say, now I am a child of God, then the next thing that needs to happen is that, okay, there are certain things 
I can't do anymore. There are things like all those that song we sing. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. That, that no turning back means something. Right? And then there's, and there's another song that says, Things I used to do, I do them no more. Things I used to do, I do them no more. Right? What's the rest of the song? I am a changed man since I'm born again. Since I'm born again. Since I'm born again. Right? Is that the song? Okay, sorry. To them no more. Since I'm born again. Ah, why are we not knowing this song? This song is usually popular now. Ah. Amen. Praise the Lord. So the moment we say, Lord, my Lord and Savior, I give my life to you. What we are, the moment you all, we make, we have a realization in our hearts that no, Jesus is my Lord. It's maybe in a little, in a little measure, maybe in a great measure with great change. However it comes, what we are actually saying to Jesus is that we are accepting a way. Does that make sense? We're accepting a way because everything, when you look at it, everything that Christians do is different towards certain things. It's certain things. What Christians do when they are born again is different from what we use. Let me use the word, the world. Those are, state, those are, those are words that need to be defined clearly, right? So, the, you know, I mean, it's common now. Every Christian, anybody that is even non, people that is even not Christian know it, that they call anybody that is not a child of God people in the world, right? Now the question is that now, please, what is the world? You no, know, the moment people hear ah people in the world, they start thinking people on earth, right? And then there's a way everything people on earth do. Start getting stained. As a child of God, you can't do it. You can't do it. But the issue is not as a child of God, you can't do certain things. Because the world is doing it. Right? So, for example, they will say, what's the most religious thing that is certain? Maybe somebody can give me ideas of things that Christians like, no, as a child of God, you can't do that. <laughs> Maybe as, as a child of God, you can't do business. No, it's not like that. Or maybe as a child of God, you can't, uh, you can't, <laughs> part of it, hey, as a child of God, you can't be rich. That's another one. But I know many people are crossing that norm. What do you mean like that? People are crossing that norm. Or as a child of God, you can't, um, okay, I don't want to use those examples. Yeah, there's a lot we can't do as a child of God, yeah, but... The, the reason is not necessarily because people in the world are doing it. Right? But it's not a license to go and do it all. <laughs> the reason is not because, so because you have people in the world, what they do, okay, maybe they smoke, drink. Uh-huh. The reason why as a child of God you should not do that is not because people in the world are doing it. That makes sense. It's because there's an actual, there's a, there's a actual, it's an actual, actual, real spiritual 
implication to what you are doing. That's just it. Simple. And the spiritual implication will be the reason why you should not do some things. Not just because people in the world do it. They are, they are, they are. But what I want to drive out of that is that there's a reason why it is the way it is when you get born again that the things you used to do, you can't do them no more. Or you begin to see that what the worldly people do, you can't do that. There's a, way, there's a reason why it's like that. And it's not just because the world is doing it. The problem is there is what is behind the doing of it. Right? And what is behind it is not one occultic, uh, people are sacrificing here. No. Is that it literally, literally have impact. Whatever what a soul is going to, it has impact in a soul finding its way to God. Because somebody is born again doesn't mean they found God. That's just the truth of the matter. You are born again doesn't mean you found God. What you found is a way to God. The moment you get born again, that's why I'm saying that getting born again is a way. What we found when we get born again is a way to God. Which means that all of God, all of God, all of God's things, God, God is kept inside ways. Right? So God is kept inside the way. What does it say? It means inside a part. When you are thinking about a part, don't just think about, although I explained there's a way you go, like a part is, a, is, is, is the road to arrive somewhere. Right? For example, now everybody that, get, that got here today, took away, right? Imagine that way is not there. Will you arrive here? <laughs> that doesn't matter. But God is now, so now, after, so we see that the way, right, is, 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 a, is, a, is a method of arriving, right? <laughs> Therefore, we have to take ways to arrive somewhere. The way God is now also telling us is that, see those ways, right, that people take to arrive in God, is not just part only. Is that, see that part, there's a way it is made. So, for example, now, as you are coming now, let's say, I mean, what am I saying? All of us took road now, I mean. The road we took, there's a way it is made. If you check the road you took from in front of your house to here, it's possible it's the same, but most likely it's not. Some road are asphalt, some road are concrete. Right? Means they're not all the same. Means that even though there's a way, there are components and elements of those ways. And the components and elements is what makes up the way. So when God is now making a way or setting a way. How God makes those ways is that he takes things inside of him. He uses them to make those ways. Such that when a soul is taking that way, it's not just going through a path that arrives somewhere. It's actually an inheritance of things. Such that as he's taking that road, it's the, as he's stepping on the road, right? 
It's actually coming into inheritance of things. Right? Is it? Ah! I think it was Israel that he was talking to. Or Abraham. He says, although he said to Abraham, as far as your eyes can see, so I will give to your foot to tread. Right? So everywhere you tread on becomes your inheritance. It's the same for children of God. So the moment we get born again, the place we land in is first the way of the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost is the first way. Right? Then Holy Ghost is the one we need to learn and 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 learn. Holy Ghost is spirit from head to toe. What am I even saying? His spirit. Right? Holy Ghost, which is the spirit of God, right? Now, he also has what is called spirit. Now, I need to explain this aspect a little bit. Now, what I call spirit that Holy Ghost give is not anointing. Right? It is, well, it can be anointing. Although, actually it's not anointing. Right, because the anointing itself allows things to flow. You know that anointing oil, when something is anointed, the true, the real anointing is not just oil that is empty. The anointing is actually a carrier of things. Inside the anointing are things inside which it wants to carry to the person that is anointed. So what you now call what is inside the oil is actually so the oil. Is spirit. What is inside it that it's carrying is spirit. But they are of different grade. Holy Ghost is capital S. What it's carrying is small s. So there's capital S spirit. There's small s spirit. The small s spirit is what Holy Ghost can give. And when he's giving it, he can also take part of it himself, cut it out as anointing, mix it, Give it. Great, great, great tight. Is it tight? Titrator. Mm-hmm. Lower science student. When it's titrating, it's mixing. Right? The great lab code lab is a lab technician. Great physicist and chemist. He's a, all he goes is a serious chemist. You know, most of the profession you have on earth, nothing escapes God. Yeah, you know that. Funny enough, they all they are all driven out of the spirit, and is is a spirit that fell from there that knows how things are that came and then crafted it out on it. So that does not mean that if you do it, you are sinning. No, sorry, I'm just telling. On a normal day, as on a uh, is he accountant or engineer or lawyer? I'm always saying this for things. Lawyer, I won't say the disgrace to family because you know that's that's the one. Nobody, nobody. Now, now by now we are broken out of that one. We don't even care. We don't even think it's disgrace to family anymore. Lawyer, doctor, engineer, and other things, right? <laughs> All those things. When you look at, when you look into the spirit, you find them there. How? As an accountant, let's check it. The Lord knows the number of every hair on everybody's head. Who's accounting for it? Okay. Then Jesus was telling the the rich man. Say those his rich man or the disciples says everybody that will follow must count their cost 
and follow. Who, who counts cost? They are accountants. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so if you are not looking at professions, that's accounting. If you look at engineering, plenty. If you look at a lawyer, that one is even obvious. Jesus is the great advocate. Right? Making intercessions for us. Right? In Hebrews. <laughs> if you, if you, there's, there's no profession you have on earth you can't find in God. That's just the truth of the matter. So when it comes to even, you have a profession you are going through and then you are saying, what's the wisdom of how do I do well in my job? <laughs> Number one, Holy Ghost has wisdom. He created, he created everything. He created inside him all these things that Satan is. Satan actually stole it from him. Not from him, I mean, from heaven. He stole it. So the person that has the original blueprint, won't he have ways on how to lead you around your job? Who have ways around it. Amen. So there's that, but let me move further because of time. I'm hoping to close early. So we've seen clearly here that ways, right, is what we actually receive the moment we get. The moment we receive by the, ah, Jesus is the Lord. It is by the Holy Ghost. So what starts the journey is actually spirit. 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 Spirit begins the journey. Funny enough, spirit ends the journey. Or, why? Because the kingdom of God is in the Holy Ghost. Meaning that the, the Holy Ghost will receive, right? The kingdom is inside him. Amen. Amen. I know that one we didn't talk too much about it. God will help us. But I think we'll talk a little bit about kingdom you know, before. You know, most of the time, everybody thinks kingdom is just, as a, the moment you're a child of God, you're not into the, in the kingdom of God. Calm down. Can be a child of God, you are not in the kingdom. You are just a child of God. Kingdom is a different thing entirely. And to be a kingdom is not that you must go and kill seven demons and, you know, you know I'm a general now, I'm, I'm in the kingdom. Calm down. It's not about, it's not about being a, a demon slayer. You know, some, some, some people thrive. <laughs> Sorry, it's just a picture in my head. <laughs> some people thrive as demon slayers. Do you know? Bring who? Deliverance, yes, deliverance. We conduct deliverances. Put them in this. Ah, I'm a demon slayer. What, which demon is worrying you? Bring anybody worry back. We will pray for them. Deliverance will take place. I'm a demon slayer. Then they'll bring all kinds of other people. pray. And then all of a sudden, the demon will disappear. Like, yes, I'm a demon slayer. You know, souls can pride themselves being a demon. No, it's not about that. Being, a, being, being part of the kingdom has a lot to do with journeying, moving into the kingdom. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are we blessed? So, the, the most important aspect, right, of being born again, one of the most important aspects is that a soul that is born again must never lose his spirit. What do I mean by that? It means that when we get born again, we receive a measure of spirit. That measure of spirit must, con- must increase. It must keep in. Why? Because when we get born again, we, don't, we didn't receive all of the spirit. And the funny thing is that even the one we receive when we get born again, it is impossible to kill it. It's, it's like oil. You can dry it out. How? Just not pay attention to it. Forget about it. Start doing your things and your ways. You for, only goes with dry out inside. It's not gone. 
There's just no oil. We'll dry out inside. And what will happen is that the reason why the Holy Spirit is given won't be achieved quickly. That doesn't mean that mercy can still come, right? God can add. Why? Then you hear in scripture where you see that they are talking about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So at the moment of transfiguration, sorry, not transfiguration, at the, at the uh, upper room when Jesus left, the one tried to pray, then all of a sudden, Holy Ghost came upon the people. The funny thing is that Holy Spirit is in measure too. So the proportion in which it came upon the people were not the, the same. Even though all of them had tongues of fire upon their head, it was not the same. Why? Why is it not all of them immediately were able to preach like Peter? It's not all of them. Peter came boldly. Almost what you didn't see in him before began to operate. Right? But here's a secret. Do you know that Peter and the rest of the disciples have been receiving the Holy Ghost before then? <laughs> That's a funny thing. Right? Before Jesus died, Jesus said to them, receive the Holy Ghost. Before he died. Even though they received it, it may not have been fully activated the way it was activated on Pentecost. But one thing is certain that when the Holy Ghost descended, because as at that time, his main operation was, the Holy Ghost was, has not yet moved, distributed, the way it is distributed now. It's, it's, during the time of Jesus, it was still like it was in the Old Testament, whereby they have to give it to you specifically. Right? And there are specific people they give it to. For example, the king, the priest, right? And the prophet. You don't just give oil to everybody. Then, during the time, they, but during the time of Jesus, they began to move, they, they are moving things, right? Then they began to restructure the way they give the Holy Ghost. Then, what happened? They began to give people, specific people, still specific Holy Ghost, like John the Baptist, right? And anybody that have Holy Spirit, one thing is clear, they have this, they can, they can discern ways, manners, right? So that when John saw Jesus, he could discern Jesus because Jesus is already away. Say, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the whole world. So the moment he said, he said that, so he was able to discern Jesus, right? Then Jesus himself was given Holy Ghost. They said the Spirit was given to him without measure. Meaning that the Spirit of God is something that actually has a measure. So, and one thing about measure is that measure is not precept. Measure is lines. Measure is way. Measure is spirit. So when I say spirit, when I say way, when I say measure, I'm actually saying the same thing. But in a different form. When you hear way, there's a way it sounds to their soul. There's what, there's what it means. It's another way in the spirit. When we say lines, there's a way, it, there's a way the understanding will shift. When they say measure, there's a way the understanding will shift again. But it's the same thing. They are all spirit. Measure, line, way, or spirit. And it's, the, and it's the spirit with a small s given by the capital S. Which 
the funny thing about small s is that it actually sums up to the capital S. Right? So it still measures of spirit. Amen. So let's read. Okay. Ah! God will help us. Amen. I'm saying this just to give us more, just, just to give us insight in that Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a, is a spirit of measure and it is actually taking us in a way somewhere. When we get born again, there's a place we are going. There's a way we come into. The way we come into is a way of how not to be from another way. Is that clear? So there's a way the world is. And what made the world the way the world is, is a spirit. Right? Is a spirit that has measure too. Right? <clears throat> that has lines, or what you call doctrine. Sorry, I've said it, I added it to it. Lines, doctrine. <clears throat> but all these things, we'll see it clearly because there's a way the scripture talks about all these things in different ways. Amen? So there is there is what you call the way of the world, right? The way of the world is not many. Do you know that? Even though it is many, right? The, the scripture has helped us to define it in such a way that we can see it. So like I was saying earlier, when you say the world is not this earth, is not the people that are not Christians. The world is not, is not everything outside Christianity. Right? But the world is a way of life, of spirit. So the world is actually an environment around the soul. And here's the thing about the world. The world is not, even though you can have a big world, you know, I'm not talking about Eto. The thing about the world is that every soul has a world. Every soul has a world. Such that when souls meet souls, depending on the world they are in, they can discern each other, interact based on that. If I am worldly and another soul is worldly, we have the same way. We have the same lines. We have the same spirit. We have the same doctrine. It means that our way can align. Our ideas, the way we think won't be far-fetched. Things we do, even though we may, may not do it the exact same way, but how we arrive at what we are doing will be the same method. Right? So for example now, one soul can decide to go and steal bread one soul can decide to go and steal a mixer. <laughs> Amen. But what you notice that how the two souls arrived there is with the same sense. Oh, I like this example. Some souls eh, can go and steal paper in their office. Some souls can go and steal the money of a whole nation. You know, that's the problem we have in Nigeria. You know, sometimes we are, we are oh, our, our president. Everybody is, everybody is shouting. We don't want a good president. But the president that was a good president is stealing paper in the office. He's stealing office money. And then you are expected to have a good president. How? Eh? 
I like the fact that everybody in Nigeria wants a change now, also good. Ah, great. But okay, an average person still want to cheat their boss, still want to steal money that does not belong to them. But they want a good president. How? So, in our judgment, right, we'll say, see those people in the government, they are thieves. See this person that is stealing paper, just want to survive. And that's the thing I was saying earlier about attaching emotion. Mm. So for us, as we'll be like, no, 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 no. He just wants to survive. The government is bad. Okay. <laughs> but, you are st- but, you are, but you are stealing paper. You are cheating. Right? So the two, while to us, right, we we'll think those stealing money in Asurok, they are the bad guys. Well, this one is just a, just a victim of circumstance. See what made us judge that way? It's a way. It's not different from what made the person that is stealing in the office and the person stealing in Azorok. It's, not making, it's the same thing that is making them think that way. Right? So you now analyze the situation. A soul outside is watching them. Say, ah, oh, this one is just a circumstance of situation. That guy is the thief. And when people hear this guy talking, You'll be like, you are right. Circumstance. Thief. Right? All of them. Before anybody will come and say, calm down. See this guy and that guy. They are actually both thieves. That person that will come will actually have a different way. Why? Because the first person that had circumstance thief could have actually thought, calm down. What's circumstance? He's told. He's a thief now. Right? But you can bring emotion, arrange it around all kinds of say, oh, it's just a, he's a thief, he's a thief. See that guy on, in Azorok, he's a thief. They're both thieves. They're in the same world. They are both worldly in a way because they're using the same sense. Now, what I wanted to bring out of that earlier is that when you say the world, right, it is configured for every soul. And what makes the bigger world is that every soul that has the world in them, right? They, they, I want us to see like molecules coming together to form a bigger picture, right? So people can have worlds in them with a sense, but one thing is certain see that world and sense they have didn't just arrive there, somebody put it there, right? Somebody created it. So, the world is different from its creator. Satan is the creator of the world. The world is a system for souls. So, they know that a soul can't exist outside of a world. Amen? A soul can't what? Okay, I thought it was my mic. So, a soul can't what? Exists out of the world. Every soul has a world. Eh? As you are in your shower, you are just <laughs> showering and, uh, and then you are thinking about maybe the biscuits and bread. Or maybe not biscuits. Maybe as you are in the shower, you are thinking about sandwich you are going to eat. And then the, the bread and butter. And then maybe jollof fries. Or the woman you are going to marry. Or the, the house you are going to buy. Or the car you are going to get. What about and all the job you are going to You know all those things I am saying. Wife, job, house. Those are the things that men think more. As you're thinking about all that, you, are, you think about all those things in a world. 
And every word has its sense. Now, what is the major play of every word? It is in the book of John, chapter, 1 John chapter 2, right? I think verse 20, which says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Right? For, let's read it. I was about to put it differently now, but I don't want to. Somebody please help me read it. Then I will go to that Isaiah 28. Ah, time has gone. I'm trying to. So can somebody help me read it? First John chapter 2, verse 20. Is it verse 20? Is it 13 then? Verse 15. Can somebody help me read it? Please use uh, the mic so that uh, it will go into the... Love not the world. All right. Neither the things that are in the world. Okay. If any man love the world, the love of the, the Father, Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. But it's of the world. So these are the things, these are the weapons of the world. They are the things in the world that men are enslaved by. So when you're talking about the world, don't do, I said the world, the world is the world is world of spirit. Is, when you say world, it's created by spirit. So, and it's like I said, every soul has its own world. So if they want to give things to soul, they have to come into this world of that soul. They put things there. Lay things in there. Amen. So they have to bring things from the world into the world of the soul. Right? So for things to really, really affect souls, they need to bring things into the world of the soul. So for every soul, we have our world. And the thing about the world is that if you think about the globe, there's a way it is. Ah, time has gone, sure. There's a way the world is. When you talk about the world, let's use the concept of earth. Right? When something is on earth, inside the earth, there are things all around it. Pretty much, it, it can't escape it. It's subject to things in that world. The only way it can live, to live a world, you have to escape it. So if a man is in a world, it can't help but live inside it. To live earth, you need a jet gets enough fuel for the escape velocity. You know, everybody that's going to the satellite, they want to launch, they calculate escape velocity and all those things. Is to know that how much force is needed to escape from the gravitational pull. So the thing about worlds is that men that are inside, they are helpless about it. The things in there pulls every man in that world. But the thing about soul is that the soul is a world on its own. So which means that inside the soul of every man are pools. But you just have to be 
determined by the right one. Right? Let it, let's make it short, let's make sure that what is the pool of that soul are all righteousnesses. Why? Because something else can be the pool or something else can be the way of that world. So the, the pool of a world is the way of that world. So there's a way, right, that can be installed in souls. That's that. But how you actually get into the world of its soul is that you have to put that world, the soul, or a man, into a world. And then from that world, be important things into the world of the soul. So the world where they put soul into is the world of spirit, evil spirit. But there can also be the world of God, things of God. But one thing that is one thing that is tantamount to worlds is that there are ways in there. Every world has its way, or every world has its pool. So the same way. A soul, right, is a world and has its pool. The world or the environment that they put the soul in has its pool. The two pools can align such that if I'm worldly inside of me, or if I am if I am trained by worldliness inside of me, will be full of I'll be full of worldly things, right? So, what are the things inside the world of spirit that Satan wants to? Take us away, sorry, that God wants to take us away from is lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. Those are the main things. That's what is inside the world of Satan. Although that word is crafted by him and spirits that he has set, winds of doctrine create worlds. Amen. So, the, the world, inside that world, right, lust of the eye, Lots of the flesh, part of life. Because of time, I, won't, I, won't, I don't think I'll talk too much about that because of time. But see those three things. If you check it, it's not what most people think they are. You know, lots of the eyes, people will think it's somebody that is lusting after a man or lusting after a woman. Hey, lots of the eyes, oh, he's looking at a man. He's looking at a woman. Hmm, lustfully. Lots of the eye. That's not it. Lots of the flesh. Ah! What do we call lots of the flesh again? That's, that's one that's easy to define. Lots of the eye. Lots of the flesh. Just, if you that's Yoruba. Sorry. Um, um, what's the law of the flesh again? They will say desires that are. What's of the flesh? It's fleshy desires. Lost of the flesh. Ah! There's a way we define it. But maybe I can't remember. But I shall know. The one that is obvious is that loss of the eyes, people easily think is the. It's, it's lost after a woman. That's not his, that, the truth of the matter. That's weakness of the flesh in a way, but that's not the loss of the eyes. Loss of the eyes and loss of the flesh, they actually walk side by side. Then pride of life is their ogre. That's their boss. Why? The aim of loss of the eyes and loss of the flesh is to get you at, to arrive at the pride of life. Now, what is the summary of a pride of life? The summary of the pride of life is a soul that can say that it does not need God in, 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 in any way. You know, there are different ways we say we don't need God. It's a pride of life. For example, now, maybe I'm helpless I'm in the situation and then I'm saying I don't need God. Or I can just go and decide this thing by myself 
I figure it out. I don't need God. That's a pride of life. Every soul must have meekness in such a way that they know that they are helpless in themselves. I'm not saying that you can't do anything with your life. Again, when I say you're helpless, it doesn't mean that ah, I'm helpless. No. <laughs> you know, there's all kinds of images that, <laughs> that we have in our minds. I'm helpless. No. It's a heart posture such that you know in your heart, I need God. Right? It's a pride of life that makes atheists. How will you say you don't need God? It is said that they're even looking for God, but there are some worse than atheists that they'll say they don't need God. Like somebody that they ask him, or is, I think he's him, say, so we'll give birth to you. He's pretty much saying there's no God, that you know, God is nonsense, right? And I ask him, who gave birth to you? Who created you? He said, he laughed. <laughs> My father and mother created me. Really? That's foolishness. To think that your father and mother created you. How? How? Okay, your intelligence. Where did it come from? You know, what's one of the most interesting things that men can ever... Or one of the most interesting things in life is that men think their intelligence is some kind of super... Like, it doesn't make sense. Okay, first of all, do you know how brain develops in the womb? Do you know how a child develops? Do you know how brain forms? Okay, the technology of physically forming a brain is another thing entirely. God created, no brain, they develop it in the womb, but it's not fully developed. Brain is actually something that grows, grows. I think what age, did they say it stops developing? I think 20 something. They say the brain stopped developing. Imagine, you're still developing your brain up until 20 something years. Even after your brain is still developing. You get to the point where it's now fully formed. And at that point, ah, whatever way it's inside that brain, it's difficult to yank it to. When a brain is fully formed, <laughs> it's difficult. You know, some joke is a joke, Shabbat has God. They said is that it's easier to it's easier to fix a child than to repair an adult. And it's true. It's easier, it's easier to, to fix a child, but to repair an adult work. Why? He has will. Adult has will. They have their own idea. You can't tell me to do it. You can't tell me to do that. No, 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 no. Ah. And then they are trying, you know, as a a child is still growing. You can still, in a way, move around their will. Convince, it's easy to convince the will of a child that is still growing. But adults, they have right. They have their own ways. And then they tell them, no, I don't think that way is. Can you take, no, 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 don't tell me that. <laughs> see, 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 look, look here. Come, stop, look here. See, I have calculated this by all means, by the calculus of the universe, you know, this, this, this makes sense. Please, don't talk to me about any other way. Yeah. But, um, mm, 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 mm. imagine how can you convince, now, that kind of, so you have to start praying, Jesus, please touch the heart, please touch the heart. You know some of us, when we're trying to convince our parents about the decision we want to make, we have to be, Lord, touch their heart, touch their heart. <laughs> it's part of the fact that it's not just easy to change the wheel. It's not easy. Amen. But the main thing here is that every soul must, should have a sense of need for God. If that is there, that soul would always find God. Amen. Thomas Gonsam, ah, 
Let me not. But so sorry, I won't be able to talk about the loss of the eyes. But, but the summary is that loss of the eyes, right, is a loss tied to the eyes. Now, when I talk about loss of the eyes, you can talk. You can think about vision. Sometimes, when you have ambition, it's from loss of eyes, and then loss of the flesh to carry to to give yourself to go after that ambition, right, or to do things around the head. So, loss of the eyes are not of the flesh. They they are partners. When a soul is given to lots of the eyes, a lot of the lots of the eyes, a lot of the flesh, it would eventually arrive at the pride of life. Why? Because imagine somebody has lots of the eyes, lots of the flesh, and they are they are going after, they are achieving it. It will get to a point they will begin to think, I don't think I need God. Anywhere a soul arrives and says, I don't need God, Kai! That soul is moving into perdition. Why? Because a soul that starts saying, I don't need God, right, is already moving towards what the world wants to give. You know, the world is not just giving loss of the eyes, lot of the flesh, part of life for nothing. It wants to give an inheritance. It's a way they want to install. And that way is an inheritance. It, what is that inheritance? It's the person that created the world is their inheritance. Satan created the world of lust, of flesh, right? Part of life. God also has his own world. It's different. Right? And that is why when we get... So, ah, okay, this is where I'm coming from now. So when we get born again, right? The world that we are in before getting born again is actually in the world of Satan. Most people don't think, you know, no, no, I'm not in the world of Satan because Satan does not come and become spooky. <laughs> I am this world of... He's the God of this world. It's clear. Right? And what that means is that he has ways and things that he has installed and put in the world. Right? And as a result... Whether we like it or not, we, are, we, have, we actually don't have a say in the matter. We are working in this world. We are being raised in this world. Somehow we have worldly things inside. Until we get born again. Right? Nobody can say they're not born again. Even the people that are born again, they're not excusable. Right? In the sense that you can be born again, but you're not still fully given to God. You know, I'm born again, but I'm not fully given to God. Then it's possible that, yeah, 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 it's certain. If you're not born again, you clearly don't have a mind that a born again person will have. You cannot. There's no. There's nothing you can say to me. Anybody that is not born again, anybody, and you, and you bring their mind, no matter how bright it is, and you bring somebody that is born again, no matter how foolish it is, me, I can tell you. The mind of that person that is born again is way better than the other one. Why? Because see the one that is born again, there's a way they can go. This other person can never arrive there unless they are born again. Why am I saying this? See, when you get born again, it's not just child's play. Yeah. Something happened to your mind. Something happened to your sense. The sense that has been in a way before, or explain this to me. You got born again, all of a sudden you have an awareness about God, and then the things you used to do, you don't feel like doing them. Yeah. Why? It's because something has changed inside. Yeah. A sense has been reintroduced. 
Why? Because a science that normally will tell you, go do that thing, it's no, no problem. But all of a sudden, you have a check inside of you that's saying, no, 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 calm down. You can't go that way. You can't do that. You may not even know why. You may not even, I, I used to do this thing. Why am I feeling? You know, sometimes you feel like you are chained. I mean, you're not in bondage. It's just that you want to do something. But you feel restricted. Ah, what's going on here? Thank the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost that is, <laughs> he said, for the love of Christ, constrained us. That's a constraint. There's a way it can constrain you. If it, if it tried to constrain you, you are not being constrained. You know, it's possible Holy Ghost tried to constrain you. That one is easy to break. Why? Because the constraint is in your heart. And you can quickly override your heart. <laughs> I explain it away. If Holy Ghost tries to go, ah, you know, walk, then you go around brethren and around people around you. Can you help me constrain him or her? Ha. Then the soul can look. Oh, oh, I see all this. You know all those movies that we used to watch? Or days, you people. Eh, tick potu, elok posiwa. Meaning you are not plenty enough. Go and plenty come. Then you drop chain again. Bah! Move further to go and the Holy Ghost will look. Where else can I come from? Then look for maybe any other constraint you can use. There, there. Even constraints that is not even legal. It's legal, but not willingly. The person that is constraining you may not even know they are <laughs> they are constraining you by the Holy Ghost. You just uh, Titi, I'm not giving you that thing. Jide, no, 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 no. I'm not going to give you. And then God will now arrange it in such a way that the person that is not giving you is the only person that can give you. <laughs> There's a way Holy Ghost can walk around things. Holy, see, Holy Ghost is not limited. It's a way. Amen. So he has different ways too. So first, where we constrain you is in your heart. Down. Then later, if not, they go around brethren. Constrain. If not, then after all the constraint, you jack back, 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 and then you move. Boom. One thing is certain. You are going to land in a way that God has not defined. So whatever decision you make in that way, uh, you will reap the blessing of that way. But the thing about God is God is merciful. Right? Well, let's not take the mercy of God for granted. Right? But the thing is, God is merciful. Is that no matter what way you are going in, it doesn't mean that God can't still save. It's not too late. Any day, any time, it's not too late. God can still, God can save ways. Because he's a master of ways. He himself is a way. So, the truth of the matter is, no matter where you are going in, he has a way of reversing. The only problem is that um, you know, things might have happened in a way that we might reap repercussions, but sorry, I don't, I'm not talking about repercussions, but <laughs> just what, what I was saying, I'm giving us a sense that we should not just move out of ways because it's convenient. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, ah, time has gone. I didn't read this Isaiah 28 still since. Okay. I think I got stuck in that. I was just defining the Holy Ghost area. I think this area is clear to us now that when we get born again, what we're actually taking is a way. Right? Because I've decided there's a way I should go. Shouldn't believers be concerned about that way? Because when we get when we get born again, right? We're introduced into the way. Ah, that is loud a bit, right? We're introduced into a way. The truth of the matter is that we have a sense. That we are going, that no, 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 this is a different way. Why? Because the things you want to do, you're not doing them anymore. Then here's the question, and why are we not trying to find more about that way? Right? And the truth of the matter is that, amen, what God 
as defined, right, for us is to get strength to begin to actually seek for the way. So every child of God, when we get born again, we should just start looking for the way of God. Start searching, okay, how do we go about it? Because we, I mean, did we know it before? Have we been living there before? We have no clue about that way. Which is where meekness is needed. That ah, This Christian thing, you know sometimes it looks cliche and you know that there is more to Christianity than just going to church and reading your Bible. I mean, please, go to church, reading your Bible. Most of the time, <laughs> I have to, every time I have to say this, I have to put a disclaimer. <laughs> because, you know, so you will just hear this, ah, you know, souls that have been looking for, for freedom from reading their Bible and going to church. Hey, it's not just about going to church and reading, oh, well, mm, calm down, calm down. Reading your Bible and going to, going to church has a major part in you growing up in the way you should go. Right? I don't have time to explain that so, but that's just the truth of the matter. When God allows us to we'll, 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 we'll open how each of those you know, there's, there's a part of Bible. Reading, that's what it does. Scripture should be alive to souls. It should have meaning. God can make it make meaning. Amen. Amen. But for you to make meaning, we have to, let me put, I think this is what I'm going to tangent in, is that, see, everything about the way of God, the world of God, you can't understand it except by the Spirit. Spirit is what is important. Very essential. That is why, when God, no God is a, is a planner. When you get born again, the first thing he gives to you is his Spirit. Because there's a work his spirit must do. Amen? Amen. There's a work his spirit must do. And there's the, there's the manner of that work. It's not just anyhow. That's where our tangents at Isaiah 28. Time has gone. I don't know. I feel like I'm rushing to end. So, Amen. So, Isaiah 28 is when I begin to make it clear. I will, I will use it to now explain what I was saying when I was talking about precept. When you are in school, Right? So, Isaiah 28, I'll read from verse, verse 7. It says, But they also have heard true wine and true strong drink are out of the way. You see? Okay. Ah! It's a long read shower, but okay, let me read. Let me read. But you see that when we read here, what you begin to see is just way, way, way there. But let me read from verse 3. So the crown of pride, the drunkards of Ephraim shall be trodden on the feet. And the glorious beauty which is on the head of the fat valley shall be a fading flower. And as the hasty fruit before the summer, which when he hath looked upon it, see it, while it is yet in his hand, he eateth it up. In that day shall the Lord of hosts be for a crown of glory, and for a diadem of beauty unto the residue of his people. So here, in case you're wondering what this is about, just a quick summary. It's, just, it's talking about what the Lord is going to do as like, it's like a judgment to, to ways that men have been journeying in. Right? But this thing is but it's, it's a prophecy talking about what the Lord wants to do to souls. Amen. You know, like I was saying earlier, this kind of thing was used to throw me off. I was those value they all have meaning scripturally. But the easiest way to see it is true souls. So when you think of valley, valley, okay, who are my enemies? 
Everybody's enemy is themselves. That doesn't mean that other things may not happen. Satan can try to use people around, but that's nothing. But the main enemy is within a man. Amen. Says, and the, but let me go for the verse first. And in that day, the Lord of all shall be Okay, verse 6. And for a spirit of judgment to him that sitteth in judgment. So, you see, that's what the Lord is going to do. And for strength to them that turn the battle to the gate. So, there are those that's going to turn battle to the gate. The Lord is going to be their strength. It's, it's, it's almost talking about taking over, taking back. Amen. Like I was saying, when we, before we got born again, there's a world we are in. Right? That world has taken things from us and has installed things in us. So these ones are those that are fighting back. Part of the fight is that souls must be born again first. Right? So let's continue. It says, uh, Say, but, but they also have erred through wine and through strong drink are out of the way. You see? Souls are out of the way. Through wine and strong drink. Amen. Now, you see, going out of the way, right? The scripture is saying that it is through wine and through what? Strong drink. Ah! Sorry, time has gone. I'm not going to. But this is quite significant. Why? Because... See this wine and strong drink they're talking about is what they are talking about in the book of Revelation, chapter is it 19? Where you have a woman who is crowned with uh, uh, purple wearing purple and then a scarlet, sitting upon a scarlet colored beast. <clears throat> Let me check it. Is it 19 or 18? Revelation 18. Um, so I was thinking it was Revelation 8 and 9, but it's not 8 and 9. It's either 18 or 19. Is it 18? The Great Babylon. Yes. All right. So what does it say? Honey, do you have, do you have a mic? From verse... Revelation 18 from verse 3. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Let's go back. Okay. I see a woman, okay? Okay, from verse 1. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. Okay. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the Great is falling. See, Babylon the Great is falling. So they're talking about Babylon. Yeah. Okay? It's falling, and it's become the habitation of devils, and the hood of every foul spirit, and cage of every unclean... So that's a a world you're describing there. Unclean Mm -hmm. and hateful bird. Okay. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of our fornication. See, for all nations have drunk of the wrath of our what? Of the wine of the wrath of, of the wrath of her fornication. Okay. And the kings of the earth okay. have committed fornication with her. See, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication. So so there is a there is a wine that she has that she gives to nations. Right? That is the wine of Babylon, or that is the wine of the world. So the world has a wine that it gives to people. But that wine takes men out of the way. That's what Isaiah is talking about. But go for that, read, read, read it. Committed fornication with her, okay. and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Okay. 
And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. Okay. For, for her sins have reached unto heaven, and God had remembered her iniquities. Okay. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works. Yes. In the cup which she had filled, filled to be to her double, how much has she, how much okay, she had? I'm looking for where they're talking about a woman sitting upon a scarlet colored beast. What verse is that? And I saw a woman sitting upon a, a red scarlet colored beast. Is that 19 or 18? I saw a woman sitting upon a beast. It is, it's almost the same thing, Shabbat. Because of time. Is it 12? 13, eh? Is it 13? What does he say in 13? Because of time. It is, it's pretty much the same thing, right? But, just, but there's a way they put it in that other verse with picture. We are able to see how it is. Uh, okay, can, can somebody check it just? Can you, can you look it up? Uh, I thought it was 18. The great Babylon is falling. Babylon mystery. A name upon her. Babylon mystery. What verse is it? Okay. So, yes. So can we go to that verse? Okay. From verse 9. And the kings of the earth who had committed fornication and lived deliciously with her, shall bewail her and lament for her, when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off from the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, the great city, Babylon, that is mighty, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. Is it 17? Okay, 17 verse Yes, three. that's the one. Because okay. verse 5. Okay, verse 3, read it. Okay. So, he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman okay. sit 
upon a scarlet-colored beast, mm -hmm. full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Okay. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, okay. and decked with gold okay. and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in, in her, her hand, hand okay. full of abominations and filthiness of, of her fornications. And upon her forehead was, was a name written, Mystery Babylon, Babylon the Great, the mother of Harlots, the mother of Harlots and abominations okay. of the earth. And I saw the woman drunk, drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. admiration. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst did okay. thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and Amen. of the beast that carried her, ah, okay. which had seven heads and ten horns. Amen. Amen. So this verse showed us the real picture, right, because of time. So the woman arrayed in red, or sorry, in purple, right, and scarlet color, right, and then is sitting upon a scarlet, scarlet colored beast, right? So verse 17, verse 2 says, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have, have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So she has a, a, a wine, which really is a cup, right? She's holding. Later we see in, there were, and then verse eight, chapter 18 too, they say she has a cup of rat, right? <laughs> that cup has a wine, has a blood, right? And that blood is for to make men drunken. And it made us to see, it. the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Right? First of all, they said the oil that seated upon many waters. Right? So, this, so the, the woman sits upon many waters, and many waters are souls. Right? And then, the one was arrayed in purple, scarlet color. There we go, precious souls and pearls, having a good cup in a handful of abomination and fornication. Upon her head, right, was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Uh, ah, time has gone. I didn't have time to look into it, but then later they made us to see that this woman is actually sitting, right, upon a red-colored beast. Now, that woman, Babylon, is the world. The beast that she's under, right, is what is, what is carrying her, giving power to her, right? And of course, that beast is, is Satan, you know, because it's red, red colored beast, right? Mm -hmm. So Satan, in a way, is have a beast that she's sitting on, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't want to talk too much about that area, but what I just want to bring out is that she is the world, right? The woman is the world, Babylon. Babylon is the world. She has a cup in her hand which is wine, giving men to, that men drink and they are drunken out of it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Then Isaiah 28 is telling us, saying that the priest and the, so he's saying that, but they also have heard true wine and true strong drink are out of the way. The priest and the prophet have heard through strong drink, they are swallowed up of wine. 
they are out of the way through strong drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. So this is a state. Now, of course, because of time, I don't want to spend too much time. This is a state of the world, really. Sorry, of the church. Right? Because of what Satan has done. But I don't want us to be angry with the church, so that's not the message. So let's move forward. But, in a way, the Lord is looking, the Lord is going to redeem the church. Right? It says, in verse 8, For all tables are full of vomit and filthiness, so that there is no place clean. Then, in verse 9, they now began to talk about what the Lord will do. Now, this now brings us to the definition of precept and lines. So it says, whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Right? So, knowledge and doctrine. So, whom shall he teach knowledge? Who shall he make to understand doctrine? And I said, them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. Meaning that See, the first milk, when we get born again, what we are drinking is milk. And we, have, we are drinking the breast of the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is, is multi-breasted. Meaning that he has many, many, many kids. When we get born, you know, like a child when he's born, what does he drink? Milk. So, I'm, the, the focus is not even mainly talking about milk. It's just about talking about the manner and way in which the Lord do things. Right? So, when we get born again, we are in babes. And then we are drinking milk. Even in that milk, there are ways in there. It's just not strong because it is watery. It is liquidy. But that liquid way still beats many ways. Although it's not strong to escape the way of the world. But it still beats many ways. Why? Because when we get born again and then it's all, of, all of a sudden, ah, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that. The Lord is awakening our spirit. Then what the Lord needs to do is to begin continue pouring spirit and pouring spirit. What are they trying to do? You see, the way men err is by wine. How men are going to be corrected is by wine again. Holy Ghost is wine. It's oil and it's wine. So if men err by wine, men would do righteously by wine. Wine has ways inside. Just that the way of wine is, is that you don't know it. Don't, don't know what I mean by that. Is that when men are drunken, is that they are so drunken that they are not awake to the way they are. No, have you seen anybody that is drunk that have, when they, are, they stagger, sometimes they can even fall in the gutter, and gutter will look like gold streets to them. Right? So they need to give us wine to heal us of another wine. Amen. So that is why souls must be willing, willing to give themselves to the spirit. Amen. Without the spirit, without the spirit, I think this is just the, the summary. Without the spirit, we're actually helpless. And spirit, and the thing about spirit is that spirit can be easily neglected. Why? Even though it's not spooky, but it is real. There's a way of spirit that souls must give themselves to. Well, when souls give themselves to the way of the spirit, what begins to happen is that they begin to wind them up in another way. What I want to center on is when we get born again, see that sense, that change? I can't think. Uh-huh. That sense came 
by the Spirit. And that sense needs to increase. They need to keep blowing it up. They need to keep blowing that sense. That sense is actually powerful. The thing is that we've not just had enough time to explore it. That sense is too powerful. It's in that sense you have the, you have, you learn the leading of the spirit. The way of the spirit. You can be spiritual and not spooky. You can be full of the Holy Ghost and not spooky. You can be full of the Holy Ghost and just be chill and calm and cool like Nosah and Debbie. You know, when you see when you see Debbie, Debbie just cool, gentle, calm, so high, you know, you know, no stress. You can be full of the Holy Ghost. You have ways in the spirit and can be laughing, playing, talking, gisting. And Christianity is not spooky, man. Amen. But let me quickly go for that so I can end the message. That says, whom shall it and I said, so there is no place. So whom shall it Okay. Then verse 10. Right? So we stopped at who shall he win from the meek and drawn from the breast, right? Now said, for precept must be upon precept. You see? Now, they are talking about how the Lord is going to lead souls. There's a manner in which the Lord do things. He said, for precept must be upon. God does not just do things anyhow. Precept must be upon precept. Precept is actually the, is, is, precept is the dishing out of of things from the spirit to souls, which must be there before that soul will land in the way of God. So precept must be given because what God works on are precept. So why you, the reason why you are learning why you should not do certain things certain way, the reason why you are learning okay this is the way of the, this is the way I would say precept is okay this is what this means in scripture. Uh, uh, milk means this. Uh, righteousness means that. Okay, we should do like this. The reason for all that. And then the reason for the spirit of revelation, because precept is not just logical. Precept is actually spirit. Right? Because what brings precept is an operation of the spirit. What brings precept is not people just arranging scripture, do this, do that. No. What brings precept in itself is an operation of way. Actually, way supply precept to bring you to way. Meaning that the way God is, God will give you revelation to teach you things concerning him for the purpose of you coming into the measure of who he is. And that's what I mean by there's a part where you begin to walk in it, you begin to inherit what the way is made up of. What is ways? Way is manner. Manner of way. Manner of living. Manner of behavior. There's a way the Lord, the Lord will there's a way the Lord would judge matter. In a certain way, there's a way the Lord would react. There's a sense the Lord would use. There's a way God would think in different, different, different ways. And that thing, we can't learn it unless God brings it by mercy. But to arrive at God's judgment, there are things we must learn first. So the operation of the Spirit will bring about the dishing out of precept. Right? And the manner of precept is that precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept, then line upon line. So let me read it. It says, For uh, we'll make understand doctrine, them that, okay, verse 10, for precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Here a little, there a little. So what is, that is saying is that when the Lord gives precept a little here, he's expecting that that precept will turn into line a little. 
Now, I'll use our school time, our school, I think that time has gone. I'll use our school, school example I was using earlier, and then I'll end. I mentioned that in school, if you want to have a profession, the purpose, the real goal is to have mastery of that profession. But when you are going through school, what you learn is precept upon precept. How? Because when you, in your first year, the precept of, of first year is the manner and knowledge of things in first year, which must be upon precept. Year two is another precept. Right? But here's one thing you will notice, that after you finish first year, even though you learn many, many, many precepts, there is what it installed in you, which is which you can call your lines. Say, precept upon precept, line upon line. Line is just a solidified precept. Line is a converted precept. If you now take that to the world of God, is line is having the life of God from the knowledge of God. Because you don't just come into God's life. First, what comes to you is the knowledge of his life. Then you inherit his life. But what most people think is that just knowing about God, we know we have the life of God. No. Your knowing him leads you into the way. And what is what operates all that, what is in charge of all that is the operation of the spirit. The spirit of God is in charge of making sure that souls come into precept and then souls come into the measure of the life of God. It's all operation of the spirit. So can we say then that we can remove spirit? No. Holy Ghost is an essential part of a Christian journey. So why am I saying this? Time has gone, but I just feel, you know, this Holy Ghost area, I want us to see the importance of it. You know, sometimes we know Holy Ghost, we just, Holy Ghost is too important. Given ourselves, see, what, what souls must learn is how to learn. See, the foolishness of the spirit, give yourself to it. Singing in the Holy Ghost, you know those kind of things, singing in the Holy Ghost, praying in the spirit, all those things. Like, oh, that's too much, that's too spooky. No, it's a way. It's a way of how you are going to arrive at precept. Is a way of arriving at precept. Because Holy Spirit must come in full. When we are full, there's no way you won't arrive at precept and lines. Holy God don't just want to give precept. He wants to give both precept and lines. You notice, it's not precept, line. It's precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Then the key, here a little, there a little. So the manner is that when you learn knowledge, you also learn life. When you learn knowledge, you also learn life. So as you are learning the knowledge, you're moving into the life of it. Just like I'm saying that when you're going through school, when you learn first year, there is some measure of knowledge of the profession you have. So when you arrive at year two, and they're teaching you things, precepts of year two, you already have the year one precept that in a way has turned into some form of life for you. Such that when they are talking about something, you don't have to go back to year one to remember, oh, this means that. You already know it. You just keep going with what you have. And then you notice that things are being built upon. upon. And then by the time you arrive at the end of your school year, even though you don't have too much experience, but you have what it takes. You have the frame to move into the profession. Then what you have at the end of the year is the spirit 
what you should have by the time you finish school is the spirit of the profession. So that when you land in that profession, it's easy. It's, you have ways. It's just natural to you. Okay, when you see this thing, okay, this is how we do this uh, engineering so- solution. This is how we do this geological, archaeologicals. Okay, you have ways. Then all of a sudden, ways keep building upon ways, which is experience. Are we blessed? Praise the Lord. At time has gone. This way, our time is at two, so we have, I have to start. I have to end. Are we blessed today? So the, the key thing uh, I was just bringing out here is that spirit is an essential part of growing in God. If we must, if we must, if we must grow in God, we must we must give ourselves to the spirit. When I say give ourselves to the spirit, the picture I'm seeing is we must be wind up by the spirit. I may not know too much about knowledge, too much, but can I be wind up by the spirit? Can I be drunk? You see that area I said, is that, is is have you ever seen a child drinking breast? Sucking and, you see, if you see the faith, they are so, so happy about sucking that, wow, milk, they don't want to leave it. When you take that, you're like, ah, where is it? Ah. That's to tell us that milk is sweet in a way. Wine is sweet. The wine of the spirit, I realize is that is an important essential part of a child of God growing up spiritually. No matter how foolish it is, having the Holy Ghost in a high measure is essential. That is what would douse this natural mind in the worldly sense and begin to introduce the mind into the world of God, in God's things, where we can learn more about God. Are we blessed today? Can we just begin to bless the name of the Lord? Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. Thank you, Father, for your mercy. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. Can we pray that heaven would increase us in spirit, even in this season, that the Lord would increase measures of spirit in our life? We want, can we ask for the wine of the Holy Ghost? Can we pray that heaven will supply in the wine of the spirit? We want to be wind up. We want to increase in spirit. Can we pray that heaven will supply spirit, spirit, and spirit, and spirit? Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Father, we thank you for your mercy today. We thank you, Father, for the way you've come to us, teaching us about your spirit. We say, be thou exalted in Jesus' name. We pray, Father, Lord, for as many as those that are looking for your spirit, that you will supply much more abundance of spirit in the name of Jesus. Father, wherever we are lacking, we ask, Father, that you will supply measures of your spirit for increase in the name of Jesus. Father, we... We want to be full of your wine. We ask, Father, that you bless each and every one of us with your wine on an increase in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. For in Jesus' precious name, we are praying. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth.